NFL Week 6. We are already there. My power rankings are revealed right about now. Plus, as of right now, who is the NFL's MVP? Plus, we have pettiness in Dallas, Des Bryant, Jerry Jones going at it, as well as in the NBA, Kevin Durant. More comments made by an insider about him possibly leaving Golden State. Plus... Speaking of Golden State, who is their biggest threat this season? And the Boston Red Sox, can anyone stop them from winning the World Series? It's all that and more in a jam podcast. That starts now. Come on in the Sports 6 Podcast. I am your host, Nick Friend, here on an absolutely packed hump day Wednesday. And let's get started. Three minutes on the clock. Week 6 NFL Power Rankings. Here we go. Starting off at number 1. It's been the same team now for three weeks in a row. It is the Los Angeles Rams. And honestly, it's really not even close. It's not by not even close. I mean, like, I think there's country miles between them and anybody else behind them. You should look over there and you just see the Rams chilling. They're mounting on some grass and there's a giant gap between them and anybody else. And oh, yeah, by the way, they have two, two of their easier matchups coming up with the Broncos and the 49ers. The closest to them at number two is the Kansas City Chiefs, who have also been there three weeks in a row. Like, it's still the same thing for me with the Chiefs. Very confident in their offense weapons at this point, but I still have two main concerns long-term. How Patrick Mahomes is going to hold up and when that defense is going to cost him a game in a big spot. But right now, I'm still very confident in them, which is why they are my number two team. Number three, staying at the same spot for the second week in a row, the New Orleans Saints. I finally got to see why I actually picked them as the Super Bowl team this weekend. I was reminded. It took you long enough, New Orleans, but I was reminded because they got that offense. And if that defense can build off of this past week, then boy, do they have something. Their only problem is they arguably have the toughest schedule left in the NFL. Their next four weeks are Ravens, Vikings, Rams, and Bengals, and it doesn't get any better after that. Number four, moving up one spot after beating the Eagles, is the Minnesota Vikings. They looked good. They looked really, really good. Especially their defense. And that's what I was waiting for. Their defense to finally step up. They did. They shut down the Eagles relatively. Granted, the Eagles who are banged up, but still. And I have reluctant optimism that they could turn it around now. At number five, moving up two spots is New England Patriots. And don't get it twisted, Patriots fans. You didn't move up two spots because of what you did and about what they did. Not at all. It's just when everyone around you sucks so bad, they make you look good. It's like, okay, I guess I can move up and do better. Well, there you go. That's the New England Patriots. We have no idea if any of their problems that we were all concerned about two weeks ago were solved. They played the Dolphins, who they've beaten 13 times in a row at home, and the Colts, who stink. So, Whoop-de-doo. We have no idea if their problems are solved. The good news is we'll be able to see more when they play the Chiefs on Sunday Night Football. Number six, staying at the same spot, the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm holding out hope. I'm trying. I really, really am to hold out hope for this team. Those Philly Wings are getting tired, though, and I'm getting concerned. The only reason they have a shot in hell of making the playoffs is because of that division. And Doug Peterson, if you're a good coach, now's the time to prove so. 
Rounding out the top 10, number seven, moving up a spot is the Cincinnati Bengals. I want to go all in at this team, but when they have, you know, Marvin Lewis and Andy Dalton leading the team, I can only go so far. Number eight, moving down four spots is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Like when Blake Portals is your quarterback, you're reminded that you can only go so far. And at number nine, not rated the previous week, the Carolina Panthers. And at number 10, not rated the previous week either is the Chicago Bears. So there you go. Week six, NFL power rankings. And now two minutes on the clock. We are six weekends. Well, five weeks in technically. Who is the NFL's MVP as of right now? Not who's going to be at the end of this season. Not who it was two weeks ago, Chiefs fans. Who it is right now. And honestly, I don't even think it's close. I think it's the Rams and the power rankings. Same thing. I don't even think it's close. You could look at a Goff. You could look at an Aaron Rodgers. You could even, you know, if Chiefs fans still want to do it, argue a Patrick Mahomes. But let me tell you this. Oh, when the Saints, oh, when the Saints, oh, when the Saints come marching in, it is Drew Brees, period, end of story. Because when the Saints come marching in, he's come marching in. So far this season, let me just give you the stats before I even get to some other factors here that make him the clear and obvious MVP. 1,600 plus yards so far this season, 11 touchdowns, zero interceptions. He's fourth in yards. He's first in interceptions meaning he has the least, he's first in completion percentage, and he's first in quarterback rating. What more do you want? You can't get anything else. You really, really can't. And I know the argument against this is going to be, well, Nick, he has a surrounding cast. How could he not do what he's done? Have you seen their schedule? Have you seen their defense up until this past week? They would not be 4-1 and one if it was not for Drew Brees, and they're going to need him coming up with how tough their schedule is, as previously mentioned. Two minutes on the clock. Uh, oh, boy. I love it. I absolutely love it. We have a star drama, a Dallas Cowboys star drama between Jerry freaking Jones and Des Bryant. I, I mean, oh my goodness. I woke up this morning and saw it. I'm like, great. That's all the coffee I need for today. You have Jerry Jones starting the whole drama off when he said, quote, I would love to have number one wide receivers. Des Bryant then decided to do Des Bryant things and respond. Where? He's Des Bryant. So, obviously, on Twitter saying, quote, I don't know what Jerry meant by that number one wide receiver, but I'm damn for sure would have kept them chains moving, end quote. See, let me tell you what he meant by number one wide receiver, Des Bryant, since you don't know clearly. He meant somebody who, you know, actually plays the position as a number one, number one, number one wide receiver would. Easy for me to say. I can't even associate number one wide receiver with Des Bryant. It just doesn't happen for me. It mentally can't come out. But it, and that's, it can't come out because of the personality stuff. Like Des, last season, 838 yards, six touchdowns. You're not worth the trouble that you output off the field. Now, by the way, I am absolutely shocked that he hasn't gotten an opportunity yet. That's coming from a Des Bryant, you know, critic here. I thought he would get another opportunity. I really, really did. But at this point, it even feels weird for me to say he's probably done. 
He needs to stop tweeting. He needs to focus more on training and less about the Cowboys and get his act together. Otherwise, he's going to not get another shot if he even saw his chance at getting one. Though I will just say this. I love this. John Matisse, Des Bryant, and Jerry Jones. My goodness, it's like brother and sister fighting, but it's way better. It was awesome. Absolutely awesome because, you know, Cowboys, just just leave it to you. You, you wait a couple weeks, they'll give you some more drama. It's only a matter of time. Now, two minutes on the clock. I'm going to play this clip here. This is from Golden State Warriors insider Marcus Thompson, who writes for The Athletic. He was asked on KNBR about the possibility of Kevin Durant, pretty much this being, you know, his swan song with Golden State. And, well, here is what he had to say. Season haven't even started. I watched a preseason game, and he went, yeah, so I'm going to the hoop. I'm like, oh, I'm going to miss that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It, I mean, right? It does have that vibe. Like, yeah. Yeah. this is it. This could be it right here. And part of it is, like, what's his reason to stay? You know, if they win again, does it become just not much of a challenge for him to stay? Like, here's the hard part with KD. We don't know what he wants. And I don't know that he knows what he wants, but I know the Warriors don't know fully what he wants. So, is it championship? Is it supremacy? Is it to be the ace? You know, like, what is it that he wants? <sighs> you know, <laughs> let me tell you why the Golden State Warriors don't know. Let me tell you. He said in there, the Golden State Warriors don't know what he wants. Because Kevin Durant has no freaking idea what he wants. And it's gotten to a point where I borderline feel bad for Kevin Durant. I didn't know that was possible in terms of him not knowing what he wants. I really didn't. But I'm borderline there because I continue to just look at the people he's surrounding himself with and question for a guy who's this good at the game that he plays in and is still this insecure, what is going on around him where he is that way? Because it makes no sense. So Kevin Durant, since you seem to not know what you want or what you should do, let me tell you what you should do. If you want legacy, you do one of two things. You either stay in Golden State and continue to collect rings and build that legacy of being part of the greatest dynasty in NBA history. Or there's really only one other option if you want to go for legacy, and that is the New York Knicks, because it makes a lot of sense in terms of fit in your family and your business partner, but it also makes sense in terms of the same reason LeBron partially went to LA for his legacy, because he knows how much a ring in LA is worth. Kevin Durant, it'd be the same thing for you. You should know how much a ring to the New York freaking Knicks would be worth. So if you want to do legacy, that's what you do. If you want money, then you just go to, you know, the tax-free states and you collect in Dallas and Miami, which I don't think he wants to do. So I think it's either at this point, Golden State or New York. I think the New York Knicks are actually making a lot more sense as we go along here. But again, just like the Golden State Warriors, I, you, everybody has no idea what his motives are because they change every year. Now, two minutes on the clock for the Golden State Warriors before I do get to the Red Sox and Yankees game last night. Who is the Warriors' biggest threat this season? I'll ask the question I asked on today's show. It ain't nobody. It ain't nobody. I don't know why I almost started singing there. It is nobody on this NBA standings. Nobody. Nobody. Season haven't even started. You can just cross everybody else. It is themselves. 
As Leon, Leon Brown said, 13-year professional baseball player in the 60s, the brother of Curtis Brown said, quote, you are your enemy. It's your negative thoughts that hold you back, nothing else, end quote. Golden State Warriors might as well have that plastered in the locker room because it's them. I, I mean, I hate to use a sports cliche because I hate using them, but sometimes they're used for proper reasons. It's them. There's no way in hell they should lose to M anybody in the league this year. The Rockets got worse. The Thunder stayed the same. The Lakers might not be there yet. It's themselves. Now, I know that's probably not the reason you came here to listen to this part. You actually want an answer, so let me give you an answer. The biggest threat to them is the Boston Celtics. It is. I've been reluctant to go in on the Celtics, but let me just tell you, obviously health is always a thing for every team, but if they do, Kyrie Irving, Gordon Hayward, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, even if you want to go further into the depth chart, or Terry Rozier and Al Horford, like that, that's tough to beat. And we've seen the Celtics be scrappy, and Brad Stevens helped them beat them in the past. So it's them. Though I will say this, if the LA Lakers mobile and get their act together quickly, it could be them as well, just saying. Okay, let's wrap things up here with two minutes on the clock. The Boston Red Sox beating the New York Yankees 4-3 to last night, 3-1 to in the series. They advance to the ALCS, where they will play the Houston Astros. Game starting for the NLCS and uh, ALCS start Friday. It is LA and Milwaukee on the NLCS side. I'm going to ask the same question I asked on today's show again. Can anyone stop the Red Sox from a World Series? I just don't think so. I really do not think so. And I, I'm not usually that confident even at this point in the baseball playoffs because as we all know, anything can happen. And the Astros do match up well. But then when I look at their bats and I see bats and I see Ben Attendee and I see Xander Bogart and J.D. Martinez all doing what they're doing, I don't see that being slowed down. And then on top of that, when you look at, look at the manager, Alex Correa, who's very quickly become one of the best and upcoming managers in the league, who, by the way, is facing his old team and might have a little bit of insight there, if you know what I mean. I feel pretty good about them. I do. And then the only concern I do have mildly is their pitching because they do rely a lot on sale and price. And if sale and price are not on, we saw price not be on in the Yankees series, but it didn't matter. It's going to cause them trouble. But regardless, still I'm picking the Red Sox in six. I think they're going to get past the Astros. And then once you look at the world series side, if they face the Brewers, you might as well forget it. I mean, you can absolutely forget it. Uh, I'm from Wisconsin. So I think I'm supposed to have faith in the Brewers technically, but I just don't. And even the Dodgers, I have slightly more faith in, but I don't know how you can have faith in the Dodgers in their history in the postseason, A. And B, when I get Clayton Kershaw started off this postseason good, you're still talking about their number one pitcher having historically stunk in this part of the season. So I think it's going to be Dodgers-Red Sox, and I think the Red Sox are winning in six. Like, they've been the best team clearly in baseball all year, and this time I think the best team in baseball is going to win. That is the podcast earlier today, the Sports and Knicks show, and I am going to officially announce what is taking place this weekend for the five-year anniversary of Sports and Nick tomorrow. I know I've kind of been pushing it back. I'm sorry. Tomorrow, I promise, the announcement comes for that. I'll see you then.